the health and wellness world is full of conflicting information, old research, and one-size-fits-all dogma that leaves people feeling lost, confused, pissed off, and frustrated. I'm here to help you solve the complex world of nutrition one conversation at a time by breaking down complex yet helpful concepts into easy-to-understand pieces with actionable tips and tricks. I'm your host, Kate Kroll. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner and truth seeker. I've worked with hundreds of clients over the last five years, and I'm so excited to share my knowledge and resources with you. Aside from nerding out on nutrition and empowering others to take charge of their own health, I'm also obsessed with entrepreneurship, self-improvement, sustainability, and living a life full of intention and authenticity, all of which we'll toss into our conversations here on the podcast. So sit back, grab a cup of your favorite kombucha, and let's get into today's episode. Well, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Super excited to have you. Um, And as everyone knows who follows me on Instagram knows that I've pretty much been living at your restaurant (laughs) since you guys have opened in Hilltop. We love it. It's awesome. Um, So Rotary to me, just to kind of preface this, I went to your restaurant a couple years ago, I think like two years ago in Avanti. And I used to always go to Kira Rapus. Mm get a rape us until one time Eric Hinman, our close friend was like, you got to go to the rotary. You got to get this food. And so Stu and I got the Perry Perry bowl and we were like game over. <laughs> we ended up like barely going to Kiro rape us ever again. We still love them. Um, amazing food, but we just got addicted to what you guys were making. And then during quarantine, I remember we bought like huge Mason jars of your sauces That's awesome. and um yeah and then you guys closed and we were like oh my god what are we gonna do and then found out you guys were literally opening like five minutes down the road from us so pretty cool yeah it worked um it ended up working out well for us as far as where we where we opened up we think the hilltop neighborhood is is great yeah. and you know our experience at avanti was super helpful we learned a ton and we got a good I think a good base of, you know, people such as yourself that we did have that experience. A lot of people were like, oh, thank goodness, you know, you're open again. Can't wait to come in. So, yeah, it's kind of all it's it's all really, you know, worked out. There's clearly a year there and still some to go. That's that's been a struggle to be in anywhere, but to be in a restaurant business um, for sure. And uh, but, yeah, I think we're going to come out on the on the on the better end of it. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Well, before we kind of get into like pandemic, because I want to ask you about that and how you guys have navigated everything. Um, tell us a little bit about how the Rotary started, because it's you and your brother and your friend Don. Mm-hmm. And I know some of this story, of course, but right. just to share it with everyone, yeah. how did how, where did this come from? How did it get started? So when did it get started? So my brother and I have obviously known each other since as long as we've been alive. Yeah. But, <laughs> but Don, we have known since I think either sixth or seventh grade. We grew up in Evergreen, Colorado. Don actually got me my first job as a dishwasher oh my at, gosh. A, at a restaurant that I think he was a prep cook at the time. So we, the three of <laughs> us, my brother Don, um, myself worked in restaurants all through, all through high school and a lot of college. And Don actually, you know, my brother and I went on to do other things. Yeah. And Don's the one that stayed in in the food world and, you know, has gone on to be a really, you know, successful chef, has worked at some of the best restaurants in in the U.S. at Gramercy Tavern in New York under Tom Colicchio, um, and then Chez Panisse yeah. uh, under Alice Waters in Berkeley. He was a private chef for you know, celebrities and stuff in LA and would travel every year to the South of France to cook for a family there. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, so Don has, you know, and, and back in, I guess it was in the nineties, opened a ton of, of, uh, as the chef, a ton of restaurants in, in the Denver area, really before, um, Denver really had much of a, of a food scene. So yeah. he worked at Mel's Bar and Grill, Starfish, Barolo. Um, there was a restaurant called Sacre Bleu that, that he opened up that was kind of short lived, nice. but really, really amazing food. And so Don lived in L or in New York. I guess we didn't cross paths, but we all kind of moved after, you know, after high school and stuff. And 
he was in New York for a minute, then I was in New York for a minute, and then he was in LA when I was there. And, you know, we've always, we've stayed in touch when yeah. visited him in the south of France. And I always, you know, loved his food and would go to every restaurant that he worked at and just kind of marveled at, at how everything was really good. I know, like, even now, I feel like you go to a restaurant and be like, oh, that one dish was amazing yeah. or this dish was amazing, but yeah. it's hard to kind of everything that you taste is like, wow, this is, this is really good. And so I always knew that there was yeah. something special about Don and he had, when he went to the South of France, he would cook in this, um, it was like an outdoor open fire. Um, oh, that's awesome. Pit. So a lot of the stuff he would do was there and it was rotisserie as well. And he just really loved cooking with, with actual, you know, wood fire and yeah. over, you know, kind of an open environment like that. And he also, you know, there was a couple of restaurants that he would go to in, in Europe and one that we would go to in LA that was, um, it was rotisserie, yeah. you know? And so he wanted to do something that was like, okay, some kind of rotisserie, uh, using real fire and then just good, fresh seasonal side. So he, he yeah. had this, you know, this idea. And when he moved back, I guess we, I moved from LA here and then Brian was already here. And then Don moved maybe six months after I did or something. And he started yeah. working at uh, Avanti for um, Ryan and I'm spacing his last name, but the guy that owns, um, Barolo opened yeah. a fast casual spot inside Avanti called Chow Morso. So it was a, it was Oh a my pasta. gosh. Yeah. I didn't know that that was Barolo, like an extension yep. of their yep. restaurant. Yeah. So, Very cool. So Don was, um, I think they, maybe they had opened a couple days and then Don came in to, Very to cool. oversee, um, the food there. So he knew the, you know, knew the people at Avanti. Yeah. And then we started talking and, you know, opening a restaurant's a, a big yeah. deal, right? Yeah. Opening a restaurant in a food hall is less of a big deal because yeah. they've done, you know, especially how Avanti set up. It's like the equipment's here. We had to bring in a little different equipment because yeah. we, we, our food's cooked a little differently, but, um, well, and Avanti just for people who aren't from Denver is just like a, a collective food eatery mm-hmm. that's made out of shipping containers around the perimeter and then collective seating in the center and then two bars and they've got a rooftop, really, really cool spot. And they've got how many restaurants? Like how many containers? Seven. Seven. Yeah. And they, they, their, their philosophy to some extent is a incubator for restaurants. And yeah, and that's kind of it. You can open a restaurant in there for relatively inexpensive. You have built in audience because a ton of people go there. Yeah. And so, um, Don had this idea of, you know, rotisserie meats and, and good sides and knew the people at Avanti. And when Chow Morso went and they opened up a, a restaurant yeah. right, right by Union Square, that space was open. So, you know, Don talked to him and said, hey, we want to do this. And so that, you know, the three of us kind of got together and pooled our our skills, you know, like all the all the food is, is you know, all Don. Yeah. Um, but Brian and I were also, you know, some of at least on the health front, we kind of all work together of what, what can we do to have healthy food? That's not health food. And yeah. it does feel like there's been a certain, not a step back, but it's almost like, Oh wow. You know, in the fifties and before, like the food that they made was healthy because it wasn't, you yeah. know, it didn't have all these quote unquote, supposedly healthy things in there, like right. bad oils and low fat. And so it's just really traditional um kind of heritage cooking that's simple but really flavorful and yeah you know what we're trying to do now is somewhere in between fast casual and fine dining where you can get great food that's you know prepared well used good ingredients tastes amazing nice service yeah um and yeah we're a little more expensive than than some fast casual but uh you know, I think the people that have eaten there are like, okay, this is, this is worth it. Yeah. Well, cause the food quality is like mm-hmm. through the roof, <laughs> right? which is what Stu and I love. Um, and so what is your background? I mean, what brought you and Brian to this point of like being passionate about health and high quality mm-hmm. food and marrying that with chef with Dawn? Cause I think that there's, 
you know, we, my brother-in-law is a chef, incredible chef, very mm-hmm. similar story to Don actually. Um, and just kind of having that in the family and having friends that are in the health and wellness space that are chefs and all this stuff. It's like, oftentimes you go through culinary school and there's mm-hmm. not really an emphasis on health. It's an emphasis on flavor yeah. and how can you get those flavors? And it's not always the most nutrient dense or the best cooking practices mm-hmm. or even like down to the pans and the toxins and right. nonstick. And I mean, we could go in a mm-hmm. thousand different directions yeah. with this, but what, what was that process for you guys? Just, you know, you and Brian individually kind of coming to the conclusion of wanting to have a healthier lifestyle, mm-hmm. but then also having these conversations with Don about like, how do you create that in a restaurant? Yeah. I, I think a lot of it was at least for me was from the, I, I approached it before the restaurant idea was even anything from a mental health perspective. I'm also a, a yeah. psychotherapist. So I have a, I have a private practice in Boulder and there's just so much that our mental health has to do with what we eat. Absolutely. You know, so I, you know, would work with, with clients and with myself of like, okay, what, what is what we're putting in our body have to do with how we feel? And there was just so much coming back yeah. to the way that we have changed cooking to be faster and more processed is not good for our physical bodies. It's not good for our mental bodies. It's not good for the environment. So, yeah. um, I kind of, I guess I hit like 40 and was like, man, I gotta, I gotta, yeah. <laughs> I gotta like, gotta get your shit yeah, together. <laughs> exactly. I want, I want to be here for a minute. I got kids. Yeah. So, um, it was just kind of reading and researching for our home, right? Yeah. Like how do we, how do we cook at home? And it really was like, Oh, all these oils that they say are so great for us. Yeah. are not the way that we make bread traditionally or anything involving wheat yeah. and gluten in this country is not, it is not good for us. The amount no. of sugar that we consume is not good for us. So that's where it, it started for me. And then as we, you know, we started talking, like looking at the food that Don liked to cook. And yeah. I think his biggest, really his biggest influence, I mean, he's had a lot of them, is probably Alice Waters and the whole farm to table yeah. movement. So yeah. her thing, and and I don't know a ton about it, but really is like simple. We don't need to yeah. do crazy foams and stuff like this food. If you just yeah. make it, you know, whole yeah, and simple but strong flavors... Like, you you know, you can, and it's going to be healthy. So it really just, it, it kind of just was like puzzle pieces that fit together. Yeah. This makes too much sense. Yeah. This is what Don wanted to make anyway. And we, we made a few tweaks, you know, it's really, it's hard. The hardest thing that we did in the kitchen was to get away from any of the seed oils. So yeah, which is. I wanted to ask you about that. Like that's, and we can jump into this Mm -hmm. whenever, but just the sourcing and like the way that you guys get this extremely high quality stuff from your oils to your meat, Mm -hmm. to your seafood, to your veggies. And you still have a very affordable price point, I think. I mean, not for everyone necessarily, but like it's how much I would spend on a meal and Mm -hmm. it's, it's nothing crazy. So, I mean, when it comes to seed oils, I feel like that's the number one thing in restaurants. Like you're kind of mentioning, Mm -hmm. that's where, that's where you save as much money as you can. So what, what types of oils do you guys use and how are you sourcing them and how does that play into like your, your price differentials from wholesale to your actual sale? Right. It's, um, we, I think we are somewhere and I I don't know where on this, on this scale we would be, but there's a place we'd, we'd like to be of everything's, you know, everything's local, everything's organic and, and there's a level that we would like to be at and where, um, financially we our prices would be through the roof yeah. if we were at that point <laughs> where we i think we're we're pretty pretty close there and and still able to have a a fair a fair price point so one of yeah. the things that at least the hardest thing to avoid i think with the seed oils is um if you're getting processed stuff because yeah. you know a lot of these are are su- subsidized and it just yeah. makes no economic sense for these big companies yeah. to not use them because they're you know they right. answer to their shareholders and if they're not making prudent financial decisions so yeah. it's almost impossible to get anything 
process. So we just, we make it all in-house. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think there's, we get a certain um, paste, this, uh, the ahi amarillo yep. paste, which is just ground up um, peppers. That comes in a can. And I kind of think that's almost it. Like Yeah, you and know, that's every, like your ahi sauce that's like my yes, favorite yes, that I get yes, with everything. <laughs> right. So we make the, you know, we make the mayonnaise. It's a in-house so there's no yeah. um that's made with olive oil and yeah pretty much everything we do is is olive oil okay and we used to kind of do a combination of extra virgin olive oil and grapeseed oil but grapeseed oil is not the greatest so we just yeah. went to a pure olive oil which doesn't have as strong of a flavor as as extra virgin um yeah. and not as you know, not as healthy for you, but yeah, if not we use, nearly as terrible as no, like no. canola oil exactly. and like all these other right. and terrible use, industrial seed oils that right. most people are using. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and if we used extra virgin on everything, it just wouldn't, it's, it's a really strong, you know, yeah. taste. So, so just pure olive oil is much more neutral. So I think, you know, and then our salmon is really well sourced. It's a, it is a, um, like, ocean farmed product but it was um it's not one wards but it's got certain certifications of okay this is sustainable it treats yep. the animals well it's good for the earth it's good for your body so yeah. that, it's that's not like traditional a, farmed no no yeah. and that's a that's a product called verlasso so that's great our pork is a is a local product um our chicken is no antibiotics ever and so we, you know, we do what we, we can and we use organic um, vegetables when we can. Um, but we're not, you know, we're not to wear. Yeah, it's not I, perfection it's, yet. It's, you no, guys are still no. growing. You just yep. like unexpectedly mm-hmm. moved into a new space. Exactly. There's a lot of different things kind of moving and shaking mm-hmm, for you mm-hmm. guys. So. But we're, you know, we're doing our best and, you know, all our uh disposables or compostable and yeah we're we're inching we're inching that way and you know i think is there's more demand for this this type of food and yeah uh, the prices will come down and we'll be able to bring on even even higher quality stuff awesome and with your chips i know i forget was that like a rice oil i was asking one day mm-hmm. like what what the chips are mm-hmm. fried in because they're like insanely delicious yeah so we use rice <laughs> rice bran oil which is, I don't think there's any perfect oil to fry in. No, you know, it's, it's not, I mean like coconut, maybe right. like when you look at heat points mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. things like that. But even then, it's like, what are you gonna like fry your chips in a shit ton of coconut right, oil right, and like dump right. it out and replenish it every exactly. single day? Like or, it gets complex yeah, in the restaurant industry. It does. Or avocado oil, which would probably be great, yeah. but that's you know you that'd be the most expensive chips you'd probably ever yeah. eaten. <laughs> yeah. So I think rice bran oil is, we used to use peanut oil and then really just wanted to have a peanut free yeah. kitchen. Um, because I, the way we cook, we're already, we're so open to people that either have food sensitivities or allergies or whatever. Yeah. So if you, you know, don't eat gluten, yes, we have gluten in our kitchen, but it's, it's, it's yeah. minimal and there's so many options on literally the only options on there that have gluten are the sandwiches. Yeah. From so, the bread that you guys get yeah. from a local bakery. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And that's from that's from City Bakery, which the bread is is great and they actually use a starter, so Yeah. It, it's like a traditional sourdough. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's a it's it's a sourdough method. It doesn't taste like sourdough just because they don't hold it as long because it's, it's a ciabatta, but it is a yeah. you know historically how we used to make bread and therefore yeah. it breaks down more of the gluten, so we don't have a lot of those issues. So, awesome. um, yeah, and then we yeah, kind of lost my my train of thought. <laughs> oh no, that just we are um, that since people you know there are a lot of people with food sensitivities or allergies um we were like well maybe we can just go yeah peanut free and and just you know people with peanut allergies just hey we don't have any peanuts in here so yeah well you guys cater so easily to all of those things so mm-hmm. i mean like Stu and i personally we just don't eat any gluten there's mm-hmm. things that we'll kind of like go back and forth on like no dairy occasionally or no 
grains occasionally, mm-hmm. like depending upon how our bodies are feeling. Yep. And just for me being in this field for so long and like Stu has been, he's kind of the one that like got me into health and wellness okay. in college when we met and I was having terrible digestive issues and he was like, you should stop eating gluten. <laughs> I was like, what? Screw you. I'm not going to stop right. eating pizza right. and mm-hmm. pop tarts and all these things. But yeah, long story short, obviously I'm, I'm at where I'm at now, but mm-hmm. we both haven't had gluten for a super long time. Okay. So it's just, it's too easy to come into your restaurant and it's just like the only thing that we like don't have is the sandwich, but yep. everything else is fair mm-hmm. game. And we've already been hounding you guys for gluten-free bread. <laughs> right, right. And I think so, hopefully someday sure we'll find, together we'll some find a good gluten-free bread. And no doubt it's out there. Yeah. We just have to find it. A lot of them just have a lot of the xanthan gums and, you know, yeah, other really things. Crappy that, yeah, really crappy stuff. Um, but we'll figure that out at some point. Yeah, yeah. Well, and everything, I mean, you guys also, I know Sarah, you're... Um, media person she Mm -hmm. always talks about on social too that you guys can cater to like carnivore and vegan vegetarian Mm -hmm. and pescatarian you guys have that new grain bowl that you can put the salmon Mm -hmm. on like there's so many options it's not just rotisserie chicken no it's not and and sarah is another one that you know we've known her since seventh grade as well so she went to (laughs) she went to school with us and went to college with my brother so we've we've known her and it's it's pretty awesome to be able to have yeah you know do business with people that you've been friends with forever yeah and as far as as kind of putting these things um together if you're a you know if you're a vegan there's stuff to eat there if you're vegetarian if you're paleo if you're keto if you like just got super high in the parking lot and you want to eat chips and you know like yeah and cookies (laughs) we we have that we have that too and and it's kind of um i think that's you know they always say like well you can't be everything to everyone and and i I totally get that, but I think in some ways for the food, like we reach a really broad variety of people. And yes, our chicken is done on the rotisserie and we do other things on the rotisserie, but chicken's just one of the things yeah. we do. On the meat front, we do pork, we do salmon, we're going to bring back the picanha, which is a, a sirloin that, you know, is, they use a lot in Brazilian barbecue. And then we just have tons of of veggies and stuff. So I really do think we, you know, we have a lot to offer regardless of how you eat. And if you don't care about health at all, you're still going to go in there and go, wow, that was, that was really good. Yeah. I remember my, my parents, they live 10 minutes down the road from me and we're actually kind of like equidistant from Rotary Okay, down (laughs) through Holly. Yeah. But, um, they, uh, I remember I brought my dad in for the first time and he was like hooked and was like, this is amazing. And there was like another couple, one of the other times he went, that were looking at your menu and he was like, have you guys been here? And they were like, no. And he was like, you got to go here and just eat their food. And that's one thing that we've talked about as well. Is just like, if people just get in and just have your food, like they're hooked. Mm -hmm. It's so good. And I think, you know, someone, one of the, I asked people on Instagram if they had questions and someone was like, it's not a question, but I just love the fangirl level that you have for this restaurant. And it's just, it's too easy. It's like food that we would cook at home, but cooked so much better with elevated ingredients and little tidbits that like, I'm not going to take the time to make crispy garlic to put on top of my, you know, on top of my broccolini or the capers Mm -hmm. or like the chips that you make that are homemade and amazing with like the shredded, you know, Parmesan, Mm -hmm. the grated Parmesan with the zest. And it's like, everything is, it's like good. It's like what, how you've been describing, but I just want people who are listening to this to know that it's like, that plus elevated, unbelievable ingredients right. that Don has come to like create, like the flavors, the crunch, the textures, like everything is just amazing. And it's just too easy. Like anytime I'm like, ah, oh, shit, I don't know what I want to mm-hmm. do for lunch. I'm like, oh, well, I can just like go down to Rotary and grab this unbelievably nutrient dense, delicious, healthy, reasonably priced meal. That's just like something that I'd make at home, but a thousand times yeah. better. And that's, that's how I would used to describe or, or still do in the beginning was yeah. like, this is very similar to how I cook at home, but a hundred times better. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that, you know, there's plenty of good cooks out there. I feel like Don is a, is a rare talent that he can just yeah. taste stuff and be like, no, it needs this, or let's put this on there. And then what you get. And when people come in, I think sometimes they'll, they'll hear about it from people. Yeah. Um, they'll see it on Yelp or something, but you put the plate down in front of them and they're just like, wow yeah this looks and then you you know you hear afterward and they're like that's some of the best food I've had in a long time so it really there's something kind of 
I think what you're trying to get at is yeah. <laughs> like, okay, we get it. It's healthy. It tastes good. But there is something kind of a, a, another level to the, the food that Don puts together. 100%. I remember someone on, um, someone on Instagram had gotten your, your rice, the side of rice mm-hmm. with like the browned butter. Like that's the other thing is you guys put like browned butter yeah. in the bottom of every rice dish. And it's like, oh my God, are you kidding me? And you guys do that with some spices and a fried egg on mm-hmm. top. And I remember someone had posted and was like, this might be the best thing I've ever eaten. And it's literally like rice, butter, some yeah. spices, and an egg. Right. But it's that, it's that you know, the root of Alice Waters, I'm sure, that you mentioned that Don has, mm-hmm. where it's just like super high quality food cooked very simply. Right. And the flavors just speak for themselves. And and that one I will, I will not give Don credit for just because it's a, a good story. <laughs> on, on the egg part is absolutely Don, but the brown butter... We had someone come into Avanti one time and they ordered, I don't know what they ordered, but rice was on the dish and we were about to put the plate up and she was like, what's, what's that right there? And it was our, you know, our container of brown butter Yeah. and we have it there melted and we, you know, we brown it every day. And she's like, will you put some of that on my rice? And so, so Dawn just put a a scoop on the rice and then it was like, oh man. And that was it. That That was it. Like (laughs) we, then we started putting brown butter on, on the rice all the time. So that's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's so good. It's so good. I always like anytime I tell people to get the, you guys have it called the Rotary Bowl now. You've changed yep. the name. It used yep. to be the Perry Perry Bowl, mm-hmm. now called the Rotary Bowl, so you can swap out the proteins. Yep. Um, <laughs> I'm like, I live at your restaurant. I like know all these things. I know. I know. I'm going to ask Caitlin what's, what's on that dish. <laughs> oh my gosh. I know, for real. But I always like tell people, like, if it's their first time, I'm like, you have to mix this up because there's browned rice mm-hmm. and like the bottom of this bowl. And like, you don't want to not get that right. into everything. Yeah. It's yeah. so good. Um, so, in terms of food sourcing, pricing, things like that, just for people who haven't been to the restaurant, mm-hmm. what is the average price point you would say for any dish that you come in? Like, what can you expect to pay? If you, you can come in and get, I think part of what, so let's say the plates are maybe an average of fourteen, fifteen dollars, yeah. something like that. If you get the salmon, it's it's a little more, but that also comes with two good sized sides yeah. and a sauce. So it's I think if you go to a lot of places, we're probably not far off in prices. If no. we were to say, hey, here's a side of meat, here's this side and this side, and you you put those together at a lot of places, it's probably pretty similar but i think with you know with a drink you're and if you get a plate um or a bowl maybe twenty dollars high teens yeah somewhere around there per person per person yeah yeah Yeah. and it's like unbelievable it's like perfect date night it's Mm -hmm. perfect like brunch it is fast casual yeah yeah and it it, it's elevated our our idea was kind of sort of how we feel like we cater to a lot of different type of people on the food. Same with how you want to eat. If you want it delivered, it can be delivered. If you just want to pick it up, you can pick it up. If you want to come in and eat by yourself super fast and get out of there, you can do that. If you want to come in with a group of people and hang out in in a nice, clean, you know, kind of environment and have a cocktail or a glass of wine or whatever and stay for a while, you can can do that too. So... It you know feels like we we're, we're trying to do on the dining experience the same as 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 on the food. Yeah, yeah, and it's really I remember one thing that you guys were mentioning too is like summer comes up and you guys are in a new neighborhood now is wanting to make sure that the food travels well mm-hmm. and it's like it does you don't even right. really have to pivot much like right. it travels so easily. Yeah, and and that was not luckily, but that was part of uh, what came out of opening this spot in the middle of a pandemic. Of yeah, we you know we're going to do a ton of takeout and and delivery so we got to make sure it travels well and we would we would like make something and i would drive it home to my house i live in boulder and yeah <laughs> eat it when we got there and we'd have you know our wives would do it and we'd we'd do all these different things and just yeah. to make sure that yeah this is it as good as if you were sitting down no but is it do we feel comfortable yeah. like yeah that's still really really good food absolutely yeah, for sure. And Denver to Boulder is like forty five minutes. Mm-hmm. And that's like mm-hmm. a long that's a long yeah, travel yeah, time for food yeah. to still taste yeah. pretty damn good. Yeah, if it can if it can handle forty five minutes, we, we feel pretty good about it. Yeah. <laughs> so let's chat about um just managing COVID for a mm-hmm. second. Cause you guys I know you originally were planning to stay in Avanti and then transition into having a second yep. location. That was the original plan yep. before COVID hit. So 
What do you think? I mean, just one, I'd love to hear the story of that. Yeah. And two, what do you think made you guys kind of come out of this in a, in a positive way, mm-hmm. not without struggle, but you guys are doing pretty well in this new location. Yeah. Things are, you know, there's challenges and different things have come up, but you guys are, you guys are doing well and you're in a, in a positive trajectory mm-hmm. at this point. So yeah. like what, how did that all come together? Yeah, we, so like you said, we were going to stay in Avanti. We were looking at spaces to, to open up in. So it's always been our plan to open a number of these. We yeah. feel like they can be, um, they can really be anywhere where people are willing to spend a, you know, not a lot more, but a little bit more on yeah high quality food. Just one on that point. We sometimes will get, um, reviews, not a lot because our reviews are generally really, really good, but Hey, I can go to King Supers and buy a whole chicken for $7. Yeah. And, and that's absolutely true. Those, those are not our, our customers, right? If you're like, Hey, I can go to Arby's and get nine sandwiches for 45 cents. You absolutely can. Congrats. That's not what you guys are selling. No, that's, that's (laughs) not, we were our, you know, our ingredients are a little more expensive. Our food tastes better and and so that's that's sort of where we are on that and and getting back to being an avanti in yeah in the um when the pandemic happened is i feel like food halls for a pandemic are one of the one of the worst places you can be yeah right it's maybe well, and it's so sad because like we loved going to Avanti. Right. It was always hopping mm-hmm. and fun and different. Mm-hmm. Everyone can get food from a different spot, come back together, grab drinks, hang out outside, right. like do your own thing. But yeah, I mean, when we went in, when you guys were still in Avanti before you guys like shut down and shifted and opened new locations, it was like, holy crap, like there's no one in there. Mm-hmm. Everything shut down. Like for a while, you couldn't even go in. You yeah. had to order online. Exactly hoping that like your favorite restaurants had an online ordering system that they could bring Mm -hmm. food to the window. I mean, that, that model is so great for when the world is open, but like, yeah, I mean, I was like, holy shit, like beginning of the pandemic when everything was shutting down, that was one thing that Stu and I were like, what is going to happen to Avanti? Mm -hmm. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, they having seven restaurants in a single space means you need to have a lot of people coming in Yeah, and you know, with the restrictions that, that were, you know, should have been in, you know, place to keep people safe. It just did not make it, it possible. And there, I think some of the people that ended up coming afterward, you know, once, once it started to open up were, were less of our customers, you know, maybe they were there to, to drink and wanted, you know, pizza or something else. So it was... Avanti gets really rowdy. Right. We were talking about that the other day. Like, (laughs) Avanti is, at least in my perspective, and I love Avanti, Mm -hmm. like, no no shade, but it definitely has turned into, like, the young, single, dating, late night scene, which is a blast for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. But Stu and I are not in that position in life, and you guys are selling food that's maybe not catering the best to, like, the late night, young, single, drinking, just want some simple trashy food type of person. Right. And we, I think where we really, we did well in Avanti was people that either worked or lived around there, like, you know, like you, that were like, wow, this is really good. I'm going to go back there consistently. And tourists that that found us on Yelp. And so we did a ton of, or or tourists that were just going into Avanti because they heard about it from concierge, whatever. And then when essentially tourism shut down, long story short, we were not, we were not busy enough to, to be able to stay open in Avanti. So it really just, it kicked our search for a, a new place into high gear and we, I think, you know, we lucked out in finding this place in Hilltop, which is yeah. perfect size, perfect location, you know, and it kind of just, it kind of just worked out. It felt, yeah. you know, serendipitous to, to some extent. And we just had to open lean and yeah. kind of just have everything happen lean. And we're just now starting to... I mean, we only opened in the middle of January, but we're yeah. really starting to see a, a corner turn with the, you know, amount of people coming in. And, and a lot of it too is just, it's, it's letting people know yeah. that we're there. We haven't had uh, a big 
marketing budget so far. So there's some people that will be like, oh my God, I, I live a half a block away and I didn't yeah. know you guys were open. And we've been open for, you know, two months and they yeah. live almost in like, that they can see us from their house. So yeah, it'll take a little time, but it's getting, you know, literally every week uh, we're busier than the week before. And I feel like this summer we're just going to be, yeah, we're going to be really, we're going to be in a good space. Awesome. And can you talk about just the, like the break point in business, like on the business entrepreneurial side, mm-hmm. like where you guys are, like the scales are tipping, you're losing money and you're like, oh shit, like what the hell are we going to do? Yeah. Like, I know that those moments are full of pure panic mm-hmm. and you kind of have to like spend money to make money. Yeah. And like, if you want this to keep going and you guys want to keep the rotary going and enjoying and loving what you're doing and building this thing for people and for yourselves, like there's definitely a point where you have to jump. And you Mm -hmm. might completely fail. You might screw yourselves financially. You've got your families on your back. Like there's all of these risks that I don't think are really spoken about very much. Not, you know, let alone in a pandemic. Right. But there's so many people in the restaurant industry where, what is it, like 90% of restaurants fail within the first couple Mm -hmm. years. I mean, like the stats are just terrible. So for you guys having, you know, this trajectory of thinking like, okay, we're going to crush it in Avanti. Oh my God, we're doing so much better Mm -hmm. than we expected. And then we're going to make a second one and all of these curveballs coming can you talk a little bit about how you guys navigated that, like the gray area when you're like, what the hell are we going to mm-hmm. do? Like, what was the point where you were like, fuck it. We just have to, we have to throw all of our chips in and just see what happens. Like, what was that experience like? Or did it, did it get that dire for you guys? No, it, it, it absolutely did. And I think we are in a slightly, slightly different boat than, than some people as far as, did we ever think, okay, we, we just got to stop trying to make this work? No. And mainly because we knew we had something special with Dawn's cooking. Like that yeah. to me has just been, I've known that all along. Like yeah. this food is amazing. Everyone that comes in is blown away. Yeah, so, like you know it's there. Yeah. So you know we, it's going to be right, successful. Right. And so, you know, it was really just how do we, how do we power through? And we... We did take, you know, we've taken a couple of the PPP loans. Yeah. Um, we got an emergency uh, SBA, one of the EIDL loans. So, yeah. so that support from, you know, from the government essentially has, yeah. has absolutely, we, we could not do that yeah. otherwise. And, you know, shout out to our, our wives as well that, yeah. that, <laughs> that all work. And, you know, we, we, we could not do this if we were the sole, um, breadwinners or even the breadwinners at all you know this is a certain uh there's a certain amount of this is a kind of a passion project that we think we can absolutely yeah turn it into something but it's you know if it was just us like yeah this would have been yeah this would have been the only thing yeah yeah absolutely this would have been it, it would not have been feasible so i think that you know the fact all the the government assistance that that we got through the the loans, our wives yeah. hustling, doing, you know, doing their things and really, yeah. you know, really being the breadwinners at the end of the day has allowed us um, to do this. And when we opened the first one, it was like, yeah, we kind of just scraped money together, borrowed money from parents, you know, we were, gonna, yeah. you know, use like, uh, you know, put a, a lien on my house to get this other loan. <laughs> so it was like, we, you know, we definitely, we were, yeah, finagling um, some yeah things. we were, we were all in and pretty much each time this these loans have come through, it's like, man, we're we're like, we're <laughs> we're right up against it. So it's you know it has worked out though, and I I feel like we're gonna you know we're gonna come out stronger. We already are, you know, we're already yeah. just doing really good really good numbers. And it's you know I guess we're we're in spring, but it's you know last month you know yeah. snowing and pandemic and um, but yeah we're 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 making it. Yeah. It's awesome to watch you guys grow. And I think like Sue and I are just so passionate about, you know, I mean, this podcast mainly, I just wanted to like share, like, how are you guys making such Mm -hmm. good food on like a scalable level? Cause that's a really, really hard thing to do. A lot of restaurants and fast casual places try to do that. It doesn't scale well. There's like all these hiccups. And Mm -hmm. I just think you guys have done an amazing job and like, you guys just feel like family at this point. Mm -hmm. I mean, like every time we come in, it's like, you know, you're there, your brother's there, your cousin's there, like Don's there. Like you said, you've known 
your social media and PR person since like middle school. You've yeah. known the chef since middle school. Like it's just, it's just easy to like come in. And I think, you know, not just for Stu and I, just for anyone that comes into the restaurant, it's just like good home cooked, high quality mm-hmm. food. Like everyone's nice. Everyone's got good haircuts. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like the like, review. Like say, the review. Right? Yeah, that was so funny. Um, these guys got a review that was like, food's amazing, you know, all this hype. And then was like, the haircuts, though, not a hair out of place. <laughs> like, totally hilarious. Um, but yeah, I mean, you guys are just like a really, really cozy spot. I think it's awesome. You're in Hilltop now. There's a lot of yep. families. I think it's a perfect fit. So lots of lots of hard work, opportunity, terrifying, you know, leap in the net will appear moments. And then also like just serendipitous things coming together for you guys, I think. Yeah, it does. I mean, it feels like, yeah, it's been hard, but we do have something and it's fun going to work every day with, you know, family (laughs) and friends and, you know, having people like you coming in just over and over and like (laughs) how much, you know, how much you guys love the food and how much everyone does. You you can't help to but to feel good when yeah. people feel good about eating at your place. And yeah. and so, yeah, we really try on every level to make that, a, a, I don't know, easy, comfortable, fun environment. And totally. yeah, we are. I mean, it is family run, you know, and, yeah. and whether Don's actual family or not, like we I are, mean, you know, much. we're, we're, we're family. Well. Absolutely. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, and you guys just launched your alcohol as well. We did. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because you guys have some really cool local cocktails that mm-hmm. are really neat that Kristen put together. Yeah, so so the funny part about that is that myself, my brother, and Don were all sober. Yeah. So so none of, <laughs> none of us drink. Um, we we drank quite a bit back in the day, which is why we don't drink yeah. anymore. I think that's more and more common these days, though. Right. At least in Colorado, I recognize mm-hmm. that trend. Like I don't drink that much. Yeah. Um, you know, family members that same as you have been sober for yep. a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. So it's just not really something that is crazy for me right. personally. And so I think that's a, it's more and more common. It, yeah, it for sure is. And we aren't, we're, we're not anti-alcohol. We're just like, we can't do it. We tried really hard. Yeah. <laughs> tried <laughs> and, to get and, it together. Yep, <laughs> and, we, and we can't do it. So coming back to your question, Kristen, who is my brother and I's cousin, yeah. Um, who lived in California, moved out here to kind of help my brother and his wife get their kids through online school and is now the GM and beverage manager of the Rotary. She's worked in restaurants forever, bartender, yeah. done all this stuff. So she's really knowledgeable on that. So we were just like, okay, do yeah. do whatever you want to do on the alcohol. And so she, yeah. you know, she ran with it and you know, sat with our wives cause, cause they're all normal drinkers. Yeah. Not like, not like us. So <laughs> I think she came out with, with some, some really good stuff and family Jones, which is uh, a distillery and a restaurant right near Avanti make yeah. these, um, bottled cocktails that, yeah. that from what I've heard are, are amazing. And yeah, we just, we're, we're trying to keep as much local stuff and, and high quality and, yeah, yeah. It's, it seems pretty cool. Yeah, and you guys, you've got like ciders, beers, mm-hmm. spindrift, teas, yep. like it's not just all alcohol. You guys nope. have like a lot of great kombuchas, yeah. like the Rowdy Mermaid kombucha that's mm-hmm. local from Boulder, mm-hmm. like just lots of lots of cool stuff. It's just kind of like a, an awesome taste of Colorado, like all across the board yeah, from you yeah. guys. Yeah, and, and it, it is, um, and it's funny, just especially recently, I don't know why, is is so many people are coming in saying, oh, I'll have a Diet Coke or I'll have a Coke. I heard that the other day. Yeah, and they were like, and we don't have soda. And they were like, what? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. people still drink soda? Mm-hmm. Maybe, I mean, I definitely live in this yeah. ridiculous health bubble. But I'm right. like, whoa. Like, I know my brother will have soda every once in a while. Mm-hmm. And I I don't remember the last time I had a Coke. I think I had like a sip of his. But just, yeah. I don't know. It's just like not something I think about. Yeah. But the, I heard that the other day. And I was like, oh my gosh. People, yeah, people want, want soda they here. They do. They do. And we've, you know, we've had people that have like maybe they'll go across the street to the to the grocery store and get it or to yeah. uh, park burger down there but it's just really we could we could carry it and and people would buy it and it's just it does not I don't want to serve people yeah soda I don't want to serve people diet soda it's just not yeah it's not good for you and it it'll be a bummer if we lose some people because of that but yeah. I, you know I I still feel like it's, you know, it's the right thing. 
yeah. for us to do. Well, especially with your background, like you mentioned, being a therapist mm-hmm. and being in the mental health arena, it's like, geez, man, the amount of, like you mentioned this too, like sugar, what sugar does to the brain. Mm-hmm. And not that it's like, oh my God, no sugar ever. Right. Like it's not black and white, right. but if you're opening this unbelievable restaurant mm-hmm. with high quality food, like mm-hmm. does soda really have a place? Like probably not. Right. And I think it's awesome that you guys have kind of chosen your values and quality and keeping people's full health in mind, Mm -hmm. like mentally, physically, emotionally, for that matter, because it all trickles into one another. Um, I think it's awesome that you've put those values ahead of just profit or people wanting a certain thing. Because they can. They can walk across the street Mm -hmm. to Pete's and grab whatever they want or park burger. I mean, that's all right there and ice cream right next to you guys. And I mean, you're in an awesome pocket. You can kind of get whatever you want. For sure. (laughs) For sure. And we're, we're, yeah, it's, it's trying to, you know, we have to have some, we have to have some values and, you know, we try and take the environment into account, people's health into account, you know, our, our employees, we pay $16 an hour plus they get tips. So we pay a good wage and it's just really, you know, it should be a place that, that you like to eat at, you like to work at, yeah, you like to hang out at. And, um, that's what we're working on. Yeah. Well, that's how we feel. <laughs> well, let's jump into some listener questions. Yeah. There's, uh, three of them. So Tanner Dunn is asking which veggies retain the most nutrients on a commercial or restaurant production level. I don't know if that's more of a question oh, for you man, or for Don. Well, I don't, that might even be more of a question for, for you. Maybe just be, knowing, yeah. I, I don't we know. We can brainstorm the answer together. We can postulate. Yeah. I <laughs> think that, you know, the, the less you cook things, the, you know, yeah, the better, um, our, you know, our cauliflower, our broccolini, our green beans, all of these kind of cooked veggies that we do are they're not you know they're, I guess they're more al dente and that's that's Don's yeah. things he still pretty much wants all veggies to have some yeah. crunch you yeah. know so I think if it's something sitting sitting in a steam table for eight hours oh yeah there's no nutrients brown green that. beans there's pro- there's yeah. probably nothing left um so I I don't really know other than yeah you know fresher and less cooked is, is yeah. I mean, I overcooked, I guess I would definitely assume nutrients are going to last longer in the al dente setting Mm -hmm. than if they were like cooked and then you throw them in an oven and reheat them. Like most restaurants are cooking things. So, and just like the snap and the freshness that you get just from a taste standpoint, like you guys definitely have way more nutrient dense Mm -hmm. foods and veggies and meat than most places from like the juices to the flavor to the crunch. Like all of it is is definitely way more nutrient dense than most most restaurants. And I worked at just background for other people. I think I've told you this before, but I worked at a quote unquote farm to table restaurant mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in DC before I moved out here. It was called uh, Founding Farmers, okay. and they do as much as they can on a really high. I mean, we would have like six hundred covers in oh, a day. Wow. So I mean, like you're not you're not making homemade jams sure. like we say that we do, but right. there's like smuckers right. in the right. background, you know. Right. So there's corners that you end up having to cut, like in any restaurant, I think, unless it's like, you know, you're at that level, Mm -hmm. like you guys are working towards, but I think there's, it's really challenging to get to that space. Um, but yeah, I mean the, the veggies and stuff that we got in that restaurant were nothing compared to like the taste, the flavor, the crunch Mm -hmm. that, that you guys have. So, and especially if you're getting local things, like there's shorter transit time, you're not, you know, I mean, I don't know if you guys get like flash frozen or if it's fresh, never frozen. Like I, that plays a part as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I do know, cause I, I looked this up before cause I got questions on this a while ago of, you know, if we, if we can't afford to purchase and buy, you know, as a person or as I'm, I'm assuming in a restaurant, if you can't afford to buy high quality organic fresh vegetables, is it worth it to buy organic frozen mm-hmm. vegetables? And what I've found is that that flash freezing process, at least on the individual level, if you're buying things from the grocery store, there's pretty much like a extremely minimal percentage of nutrients that you're losing because mm. of that flash freezing process. Okay. You're really containing a lot of the nutrients there. So I'm assuming you guys don't have frozen vegetables since you're getting we, things no, locally. We, we don't, although... I mean, I can't even like close my eyes and imagine that Don would be like, yeah, let's get these frozen yeah, vegetables. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's not frozen. And also because some of the what we we used does not freeze that 
well. Like, I'm not sure cauliflower, like whole heads of cauliflower. No, and there's so much water in that. Mm -hmm. I mean, we do that for smoothies sometimes and like they'll thaw out and they're like mush, disgusting, nasty, like no way. And I know I have, I have read before that there's this, you do lose, you lose nutrients in, in transporting. Yeah. Just oxidation. Yeah. So there is some, there's some, uh, evidence that's if you're harvesting whatever is and freezing it right away yeah you there might be more nutrients in frozen veggies than if you're driving it from california to colorado so i i i don't know exactly but we're we don't use frozen vegetables well and i think all the vegetables that you guys use like just thinking about your menu it's like you know, arugula, that's mm-hmm. not going to lose. No. Like, that's going to last forever. Mm-hmm. You guys have broccolini, cauliflower, the green beans. Like, the vegetables you guys use don't really, you know, it's not like you have squash or, right. you know, cucumbers sure. or things that are really going to be, like, you're going to be concerned about, like, softening, getting moldy, mm-hmm. getting gross, and, like, just losing nutrients really quickly. Like, I think all of the sulfur you know, the sulfuric acid and like the broccolini and the cauliflower, like there's kind of these, you know, so they're just going to transport a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, so Claire, her handle is Clea. (laughs) I think it's Claire. Um, in the light of the Seaspiracy documentary, what classifies as sustainable fish to you guys? So I don't know if you've watched that and we talked about fish Mm -hmm. for a hot second. I personally haven't watched Seaspiracy. I know it's from the guys that did Cowspiracy yep. and yep. What the Health and like the mm-hmm. science behind that is just absolute bullshit um, and completely one-sided and completely just hounding conventional farming practices, which we all know are the shittiest of mm-hmm. shit mm-hmm. when it comes to animal products. So, I mean, like you already mentioned, like you guys don't don't have those types of, you know, you don't get that type of fish, you don't get that type of meat. Yeah. But and we so when we were choosing the type of fish to do, we did do a, a fair amount of research and felt yeah. that this this brand is called Verlasso the salmon, and it was and and I think Monterey Bay Aquarium has changed the way that they give thumbs up to sustainable yeah. um, fish things and. They instead of doing individual brands, they now just do the whole overarching brand or, or mm-hmm. something. I'm not exactly sure how it works, but this brand Verlasso was one. You know, they gave it the yeah, thumbs up. Yeah, it does up. have the thumbs up. Yeah, as far as as sustainable yeah. and everything. And, and that's like the gold standard, the Monterey Bay mm-hmm. Aquarium, mm-hmm. like the yeah. watch seafood watch. Right. I mean, that's what we usually go off of. Yeah. So, so. we we felt on this that pretty good about. I mean, we haven't traveled down there and been like, are these. Yeah. the best practices yeah. but you know <laughs> feel like we can we can rely on 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 theirs and you know it's it's they feed the fish good food they are have sustainable practices down yeah. there and um it yeah it feels like this is this is and and the taste you know oh it's all delicious. coming back that yeah. you know everyone's like wow that salmon is is oh, it's high quality yeah and that's one thing that I've, I've shared about, too, is, like, if you look at, I mean, you can Google this and look at, like, farmed salmon versus wild salmon mm-hmm. and just the color difference from the omega fatty acids and the beta carotene yep. that create that orange color, like, so much more vibrant mm-hmm. and a higher quality fish. And you guys have that, that like, beautiful, deeper color. Yeah. And that also depends on, like, the fatty content versus, right. like, protein content. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not going to get, like, the dark orange coho salmon. You guys don't have that kind right. of salmon. So, um, but... Yeah. Cool. All right. But, last... yeah, and on that real quick, I would just say anyone yeah. that's curious, um, if you go to Verlasso, I think it's Verlasso.com, V-E-R-L-A-S-S-O. Um, you can kind of, you know, look into it and, and see what, you know, see what you think. Yeah. Cool. Love the transparency. Mm-hmm. Throw it out there. Uh, so the last question we have is from the well Patel. She said, tell us your potato chip secrets. No, we talked about this a little bit, but yeah. how do you guys make them specifically? I've wondered this. Like, do you, you cut your own potatoes? Like, what's the process? We do. And it's actually Don, Don worked at a restaurant somewhere where they, they made these, you know, homemade chips that were kind of tossed in different things with, with different stuff. So that's, that's, or he's like, well, if I did it this way, it could be, 
you know, even better. So he wanted, he wanted to do these, um, all along. And yeah, we literally, we get boxes of potatoes. We have a, a mandolin, which is just, uh, you guys do these by hand. Oh, we do them by hand. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. So you, you literally grab a potato, you start Holy slicing. Crap. So you slice a potato's worth of chips, Holy uh, smokes. into a bucket. And then we, we rinse them really good because part of what the crispiness is, is getting a lot of some of this excess starch yeah, off. So yep. we'll, we'll wash them really good, rinse them really good. And then, um, we put in some apple cider vinegar nice. in there as well. Or maybe it's, maybe it's white vinegar. I've all asked yeah. on, but we put vinegar in there, which just then again, helps, helps with the crunchiness. You can't taste it. There's not enough yeah, in no, there. I don't taste any of it ever. Yeah. And then literally we, we, we fry them by hand in a fryer with the rice bran oil that we talked about, pull them out. And then as we, we make them, we toss them with, with brown butter, gremolata, which is like an, an herb mix with, um, why am I spacing on the word when you get the, the rind of the zest? Oh, the zest, Jeez. yeah. <laughs> lemon zest. So yep. lemon zest and then toss that with, with brown butter, put it on the plate, um, shaved Parmesan on top and there. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a, it's relatively simple. The hardest yeah. part about making that at home is having a fryer. Yeah. Because it's just not this, you know. I mean, I'm not making that at home. Right. No, I am not. I'm driving I'm, five minutes right. on the road to you yeah, guys. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not either, but it's not. Some of our sauces, like the peri-peri sauces, really in yeah. depth. You know, we we char the red peppers. We char the red onions. And then, you know, there's there's a whole several different steps to go yeah. into. And it'd be like, yeah, that's that's kind of hard to do. Yeah. The chips are, are it's it's simple, not necessarily easy, but it's, it's a simple process. Yeah. And this is again, just a testament to like the quality of food that you guys make. Like that, even with the ahi, it's like you make your own mayo. Mm -hmm. You're not buying cans of mayo and like mixing things. This isn't like, you know, things out of boxes. Like you guys are literally charring your own peppers Mm -hmm. for your pepper sauces, your peri peri sauce. Like, holy crap. So, I mean, yeah, another level, another level of things. And I, I think one thing that's just kind of allowed me to appreciate your food so much is that kind of what a huge piece of what got me into nutrition was like the environmental sustainability mm-hmm. piece of, of food. That's what Stu actually studied in college was okay. environmental science and sustainability. And that's what he did when we first moved out here. He worked for um, a fortune 500 company as like an energy analyst mm-hmm. when we were in DC. Okay. So real estate's kind of like way out of left yeah. field for him, but we're both super passionate about this and um, grew up with a lot of these influences in our lives. And like I said, my brother-in-law is a chef, like mm-hmm. very similar story to Don. He has his own restaurant out in California that okay. they're actually, um, they've closed and they're mm-hmm. moving to Michigan and creating some other type of concepts um, in the process that's like still in the works. But it's just, this all just like hits close to home. Like mm-hmm. it just, it's nice to know that I'm getting like high quality, sustainable food. Like it just hits my values so well. And it's just like too easy to share how great your food is and it's like good for everyone and not that everyone has to be as like passionate and psyched as I am, but I'm like, this is what I do. This is what I'm right. most passionate about. This is my career. So, and, and I think you, you, right. This does fit really nice into your wheelhouse, yeah. but there are a, a lot of people that are super pat, you know, that, that yeah. still are passionate about, yeah. about the food. And that's, uh, you know, I, I touched on it briefly before, but that is what, you know, yeah, is one of the parts that's so awesome about doing yeah. this is is seeing how much people <laughs> love the food and they're coming back and they're driving from across town to yeah. you know come in and I and and I'm kind of the same way. I'll drive, I'll drive yeah. a pretty good distance for you know food. I'll drive yeah. down to like Taco de Mexico, yeah. you know, from Boulder <laughs> to to eat their food. So I I totally get that when people are like, yeah, we just we when we were in Avanti kind of barely open. Um, there was a couple that used to come and eat with us all the time and they moved to Colorado Springs. They literally drove from Colorado Springs (laughs) to get takeout 
Yeah. And, and, you know, oh I'm, gosh. I'm trying to think if it was like a heat at home meal or if they ate it like outside in their car, yeah, but yeah. they were like, you know, we were kind of bored during the pandemic and we're like, yeah, why not? Let's drive an hour and a half to go, <laughs> to go eat at the rotary. So I, I, I get that. Um, cause that's, that's something funny. that I would do. And, and again, you know, having people like you kind yeah. of having our backs and, uh, of course it's, it's amazing. And yeah, we love it. It's awesome. Well, how can people stay connected with you guys if they want to order food from you, check out the mm-hmm. website? What are those places? So I think the best the best way is to follow us on Instagram, just, just as far as like, hey, what's going on with them? What yep. are they doing? We did a lot of kind of research on how can we how can we have the best ordering knowing that we're small in a single location and we found a company that works with our point of sale provider that does web ordering and app ordering so we have an app that you can download google play it's awesome or the apple super easy to use yeah and i think it's really it's kind of it's kind of remark i think remarkable that like a, a small single place can have an app that I think is, you know, it's up there with, with some of the other big chains as far as, um, if you do download it and use it, you get 15% off your first order. And then it's, uh, I think $10 off for every hundred dollars you spend. So if you do, you know, eat with us frequently, you're essentially saving, saving 10% all the time, which, which is awesome. So you can, you can order on the app, you can order on our website. We do, uh, we have DoorDash doing, our delivery and it's a it's a different um they're quick they're, it's like the best i don't know if that's because i'm just close or like what it is but like we have had no issues with okay. doordash with you awesome. guys and we have with other places so i don't know what the setup is it's it's a different i don't think it's different drivers but it's a different it's called the the program itself is called doordash drive okay and it's more of a white label white label delivery service so if you go mm-hmm. on to doordash you're not going to find us interesting but and and we did that partly because because our food is more expensive. We don't have the margins that some restaurants yeah. do. So we just we don't have the margins that we can go and be like, great, DoorDash, Uber Eats, yeah, uh, Grubhub, take thirty percent or whatever. We yeah, just, well, and they we, suck. Like yeah. they'll like not bring your food sometimes. Exactly. So exactly, it's working. Yeah, and we <laughs> would so we wouldn't we would just be losing money on every delivery. So the way the route we went was DoorDash has this service that they charge a delivery fee. So we just pass that on to, to the customer and yeah. say, Hey, it's, it's like six bucks. Yeah. It's six, six ninety nine, maybe something for, for delivery. Yeah. And it just feels cleaner than, okay, if you order delivery, we're going to have another menu yeah. that you order off. We're going to increase our prices by 30%. Yeah. So this is really like, Hey, you can come pick it up if you want it delivered. Six ninety nine goes right to right to DoorDash. Doesn't yeah. you know? We don't we don't see any of that. So it's 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 a great it's a great service to have. And and we've been pretty surprised. Like I yeah. think you have that. Um, it's been good so far. Like there's better. been yeah. There's been a couple times where they've they haven't shown up or whatever. And it's yeah. what's what's kind of good about I don't know us being there a lot is then we'll just be like okay we're gonna we're going to deliver it. So we'll just, we'll yeah, take it and, and yeah. And we'll, we'll drive it to the people and refund their, their six ninety nine that, that shouldn't go to DoorDash because they didn't show. But yeah, I'd say, you know, we're like 95% positive experience with, with yeah. them so far. So yeah, good stuff. Mm-hmm. And we're doing, we got to like solidify dates here, but yes. we have in the works for everyone mm-hmm. listening who is local to Denver We'll be doing a collaborative event um, where I'll be bringing, I think we settled on like 20 people Mm -hmm, just because mm -hmm. of pandemic limits and things like that as we come out of this. We'll have 20 people. Um, You guys can buy tickets. We'll go to Rotary. I'll be there talking about nutrient density. You guys will get an opportunity to chat with Scott and Brian, the brothers, and uh, also chat with Don and Mm -hmm. get back into the kitchen and see how he actually cooks stuff so you can kind of not only learn this stuff, but take it home and try it out for yourself and then have a good meal and hang out with everyone. So that's, that's a fun event coming up that we'll have uh, tickets for here in the next couple weeks yeah. and some, some marketing around. So just keep an ear to the ground, everyone listening that we'll have that coming out soon. So yeah, dude, we're, we're stuff. super excited about that. I think, you know, super fun doing stuff like that with you will be 
awesome and just let people have a, you know, little different experience and, and, and kind of seeing like, what, what does it, what does it take to make food consistently good every time you eat there? And, you know, for someone like McDonald's, like, I'm, I'm not saying that that's healthy food, they clearly know how to make something taste yeah, no, the, the same and, yeah. and, you know, taste good. It's, it'll kill you in the environment, but, but, <laughs> you know, they, they, it's not an easy, it is not an easy thing to do to, yeah. you know, be like, wow, every, every time I go there and, you know, Don has definitely mastered that. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's like that. I will say that's one thing that I was like, huh, I wonder how the food's going to be in this mm-hmm. new location. And like, if the the grills and like the charcoal and everything is going to like be cooking the food the same way. And if there's going to be like a weird taste transition and there was none, yeah, there's nothing like, I don't know what the hell Don is doing, but it's like, we literally went from Avanti to like a couple months of not having it to like, you crave that, that certain taste Mm -hmm. and that certain flavor that you guys have. And it was like immediately back into the amazing food. So yeah, and we, we did, it's funny because we did the same thing when we weren't open for a couple months. I was like, Oh my God. I just want to get in there and yeah. I want to eat, I want to eat our <laughs> food again. Bowl. Yeah. And so, you know, we do, we use the same rotisserie that we did. We use, yeah. um, pretty much all the same ingredients. So yeah, it would be, it would be weird if it tasted different, but thankfully, you know, like you and other people yeah, were amazing. like, okay, this is, this is what I remember. It's the same and this, great is, stuff. this is why I went in to get it. Awesome. Well, cool. Well, thanks for taking the time oh, to chat thanks today. For, and... Thanks for having me. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, we'll see you at the Rotary. Yes, we will. All right. Thanks a lot. Yep. Bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you found something encouraging, supportive, educational, or inspirational from tuning in today. If you haven't already subscribed to the podcast or left us a review, I would love to hear from you. You can keep in touch with me over on Instagram at whatkate8 or connect with me through my website at katecroll.com. Looking forward to our next episode, and I hope you have a wonderful day.